Welcome back to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. My name is Pastor Todd Walker. We've been doing a series of podcasts called Sermon Extras. We want to continue that today as we dive a little bit deeper into Colossians chapter 3. And this past Sunday we looked at verses 1 to 4. And I want to just think a little bit more about one aspect here. Where Paul says in Colossians 3 verse 2, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I want to keep this idea going of setting our mind on things above. What I want to do this time actually is speak to you about a cross-reference from Matthew chapter 6 that I think really correlates well with what Paul is saying from Colossians chapter 3. And it's found in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. The verses we're going to be looking at are 19 to 24. And we're going to be talking about three things. Treasures, vision or focus, and master. Um, if you have children, if you remember your own childhood growing up, children get really excited about things, don't they? Um, my, I have five children, and it's very easy to see when my children are excited about something. And probably all children get excited about these two things that I'm going to bring up. The first one is Christmas. Kids, and maybe even adults, get really excited about Christmas, don't they? It's almost like they can't count down soon enough. Like even my children now, we're talking here, it's still early August, and Christmas is on the minds of my children, already looking and counting down to when Christmas will come. And Christmas has this humongous build-up to it, doesn't it? Once it gets to the month of December, it's really all about Christmas at that point. All the kids can think about is Christmas. They can't wait till Christmas can get here. So they can open their presents, and it's, it's just a really exciting time as a child. But if you remember Christmas growing up, and maybe even your recent Christmases, there's kind of this huge build-up to Christmas, and then as soon as it gets here and you open up all your presents, there's kind of this big letdown. Like, it's, it's so exciting and so anticipated, and then it comes, and by mid-morning, early afternoon, there's this letdown as if Christmas is already over even though half the day is still remaining. I remember that as a child feeling that way, going, man, Christmas is so exciting, but it's over so quickly. And you build and anticipate for 25 days at least, and then as soon as it comes, it's gone. And that's just how Christmas is. And another thing that kids get really excited about kind of goes along with Christmas, which is toys. Kids get really excited about the possibility of getting a toy they really want. I remember this myself. There was a certain toy growing up. I was kind of like Ralphie from that movie, A Christmas Story. My brother and I really wanted a BB gun one year, thinking we'd never get it. My parents will never splurge. They'll never get us something so dangerous. But uh, we had hoped. You know, there's always a glimmer of hope in the back of your mind. And when Christmas came, we opened up this really long present that we both had that was waiting for us behind the tree as the last present. And Trav and I were getting a little excited, thinking this could be it. And we opened up this present to realize that it was a BB gun. And something we had long anticipated was finally here. And so you're thinking, wow, the best gift ever. You know, thank you, Mom and Dad. This is all we want. This is all we need. And for the next few hours, we were thrilled with our BB gun. But the luster wears off. 
very quickly once again. The BB gun, after a few hours, was you know sitting next to the wall, of course, and days and weeks go by, and the thing's being neglected, and you forget where you put it, and it get, eventually gets put into some closet, and eventually gets thrown away because no one's using it. Those are two examples of things as, as children you really look forward to, and then there's a huge letdown once you actually get that thing. Well, adults have these things, too. I thought of two examples that adults get really excited about, at least myself uh, and my wife do at, at times. Um, things adults get really excited about is, is food. You ever been really excited to eat <laughs> either a specific food or just eat in general because you're really hungry, or we use this word called hangry, that you're so hungry you're angry that you're hungry? Well, there are times in my life that I'm so looking forward to eating something very specific that I've been looking forward to, and or I'm just so hungry that I just can't wait to dive into a, a good, hearty meal. But food is very much like Christmas and toys for children, that as soon as you finally get to the food you want to eat and you stuff your face, you kind of have this huge letdown. It satisfies, it tastes good, and because you're so hungry, you end up stuffing yourself, and you sort of start to feel kind of miserable because the food is gone, and you're feeling too full, you ate too much or whatever, and now you're just thinking, oh, I don't want to see any more food for a while. In fact, the kind of the sight of food at that moment kind of grosses you out. You don't want to see anymore, do you want to think about it anymore, you're stuffed, you're full, and that's just kind of how it is with food. Another one I thought of for adults is vacations. Now, maybe you're like me in this aspect, maybe you're not, but uh, growing up, it was always an exciting time to think when the family was going to take a vacation to the beach or somewhere like that. And even, you know, our family has taken a few before our children came um, that we were really looking forward to. But vacations, although exciting and you really look forward to them, there's two things about vacations that are kind of true. A, they take a lot of time and investment, and sometimes a lot of travel to get there, and vacations are very much like Christmas, although sometimes they last for a week, or 10 days, or even two weeks, they go very, very quickly. So there's this huge buildup to a vacation, you just can't wait until the vacation comes, and as soon as it comes, you've got to put all this work and energy into it, and then it goes, it goes by like a blink, and you can't even remember what you did on the vacation. It was just so fast. And now you're traveling back. It takes all this work to get back home. And then I hear a lot of people use this phrase, I need a vacation from my vacation or after my vacation because I'm so exhausted. I want to just tell you today that that's kind of how treasures on this earth are. And you can think of that logically, but even Jesus brings this up in Matthew chapter 6. And I want to use this as an cross-reference for Colossians chapter 3, so we understand that we should set our mind on better things, things above. Well, this is what it says in uh, Matthew chapter 6, referring to treasures. Jesus says in uh, verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves where, excuse me, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
it's interesting, always been interesting to me that when I look at this passage, Jesus is looking out for our treasure attaining. That he doesn't want us to have poor man's treasures that come and fade and spoil and rust and thieves break in and steal them. Because once that happens, we lose our joy. And God doesn't want us to lose our joy. He wants us to have joy forevermore. And therefore, he wants us to have better treasures. I just think that's a really cool aspect and character trait about our God. Is that he doesn't want us to have treasures that fade and spoil. He's so loving that way. And therefore, he tells us, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Because as I just mentioned with those illustrations I gave you, they don't last very long. They don't satisfy. They can be taken from you. They're very short-lived. They have a short shelf life. And the Lord doesn't want that for us. And so he tells us in Matthew chapter 6 to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven because they aren't short-lived. They don't have a short shelf life. They do satisfy. And moth and rust can't destroy them and thieves can't break in and steal them. And then he says in verse 21, "Forever, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God and the Lord wants us to have our heart inside eternal treasures because he doesn't want our heart and our joy to go away along with the treasure. He wants all of that to be permanent and eternal. And I just think that's a great thing that our Lord wants for us. But what's interesting is the passage continues here in Matthew chapter 6. And my wife and I recently looked at this, and this is why I'm bringing this up. It's I never really saw the three little paragraphs kind of put together because when they're put together, they have a lot of strength in what they're saying. And I'm just going to keep reading here. Right after he talks about us laying up uh, for ourselves treasures in heaven, this is what he says in verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Well, it seems like this is a totally different thing he's talking about. Okay, now he was he was first talking about treasures, and now he's talking about our eye and what we look at and our body being full of light or darkness. But really, if you read it right after the paragraph we just read, it really is supposed to go together. Jesus says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And I thought about that going, what is Jesus saying here? And this is the conclusion I came to. That whatever we're focusing upon tells us what's inside of us. So if we're focusing upon things we just mentioned, treasures beneath, treasures on the earth, treasures that fade and spoil, it indicates what's inside of us. And that's a really sobering thought. Jesus says that if your eye is healthy, which means your focus and your vision is looking at good things, here's the equation. Your whole body is full of light. You're looking at the right things. You're focusing upon the right things. Therefore, your heart is in the right place. Your mind is in the right place. And you are full of God's light. But if you flip that around and you're focusing upon treasures below, your whole body is full of darkness because you're focusing and your vision is upon the wrong things. And Jesus asks us in this paragraph, where's your vision? 
What are you focusing upon? Are you more focused upon the food you can eat and the vacations you can take, the things that you can purchase, the memories you can make, or are you more focused upon the things that matter to God? Because if we focus upon the right treasures, our body will be full of light. We will be on the right path. We will be full of joy that doesn't fade. We'll have hope and security. We'll have fellowship with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. All because our vision and our focus is correct. So the question, first of all, was where are your treasures? And the second question is, what are you focusing upon? What are you looking at? Because it's a great indicator of how healthy you are. If you're focusing upon the wrong things, your heart is bad too. If you're thinking about the right things, if you're focusing upon the right things, then your whole body is full of light and you're walking on the right path. So where's your vision? What treasures are you focusing upon? You might not think that you're not healthy spiritually. Everything might feel good. You might feel like, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm growing a little bit. I'm going to church. But Jesus says it's deeper than that. What are you focusing upon? What treasures are you laying up for yourselves? That will prove something about you. And again, Jesus wants us to have better treasures. He wants us to have a better focus so that our joy can be forevermore and our hope and our security will be permanent and eternal. But that's not even the end of the passage. He goes on. Verse 24 of Matthew 6, Jesus says this, No one can serve two masters. For either, either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Or really, the translation is you cannot serve both God and mammon. It's not a word we really use today, but the, the word mammon means money, possessions, anything along those lines. And really, you can insert anything in there. You cannot serve God and anything else, anything that matters to you. And so now Jesus is saying, now we're talking about master. At first it was treasure, next it was vision and focus, and now it's master. Who is your true master? Because Jesus tells us very plainly, no one can successfully serve two masters. You have one alone. And if you're trying to balance two, Jesus actually tells us you are devoted to one and you despise the other. That's just how it is. And those are really strong terms. Devotion is really strong. Despising is really strong. But that's what Jesus says. You can't serve two things, two people. You either love one and hate the other, or you're devoted to the one and you despise the other. And I want to think this about this in the context of the treasures we just talked about. It seems, again, to us in this century that we live in, that we can balance our treasures. We can balance earthly and eternal treasures. We can have both. You know, I, I'm not an either-or kind of guy. I'm a both-and kind of guy. So I have treasures on earth. I want some stuff on the earth. And I want treasures in heaven. But Jesus debunks that and says that's not possible. You can't do both. If you're laying up for yourselves treasures on earth, you're not laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And if you are laying up for yourself treasures in heaven, then you're not laying up for yourselves treasures on earth. 
No one really does both at the same time. And it's the same thing with the focus of the vision. You can't be looking at the right things and some of the wrong things. You're either looking at the right things or the wrong things. And so your body is either full of light or full of darkness. And we like to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt, right? It's not really that bad in our lives. It's like, yeah, I'm not really devoted to Jesus. I'm not really sold out to Jesus or on fire for Jesus. But my body's not full of darkness. You know, it's not, it's not that grim. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing, you know, better than not. And we like to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. And Jesus doesn't give that to us. And the reason he doesn't give that to us is because it's a lie. He knows better. He has the perfect perspective. He knows what our souls and what our hearts, the state that they're in. And so he's trying to tell us, listen, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to call yourself and your sin what it is. Another illustration I thought of is when you're driving and you get lost. This has happened to me on several occasions because I'm not good with directions. I find myself getting lost uh, from time to time. And so what happens when I get lost is I, I have a couple choices. I can either continue to drive thinking that I'm not lost and I'll eventually find my way back, which never turns out well. Or I could do the smart thing and call myself lost right away. I could pull off, I could pull out my map or my GPS and I could get on the right course. And I think that's what Jesus wants for us today. If we're not focusing upon the right things, if we're not laying up for ourselves the right treasures, if we're not serving the right master, we need to call ourselves lost immediately. Because as soon as we call ourselves lost, we can find our way back. But if we don't, if we want to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt and say, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm, I'm kind of between the two. Then I don't think we're going to find our way back anytime soon. We're going to continue down this path of chasing the wrong treasures, focusing upon the wrong thing, and serving the wrong master. And you can imagine where those things will lead. That's not going to be a good thing when you get to the other side, stand before the Lord, and you have bad treasures, bad vision, and a bad master. And Jesus is saying to us today, I don't want that for you. I want you to have good treasures that don't fade and don't spoil. I want you to have the right vision so your body's full of light. I want you to serve the right master because he treats you good. He's holy. He's loving. He's looking out for your eternal welfare. And every other master is not. So you can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and earthly treasures. You can't serve God in money. You can't serve God in fitness or God in success in your job. You just can't. No one's ever done it. You either serve the Lord and everything in your life is used for that or you're serving the wrong master. And really you can insert any anything into that word mammon. You can't serve the Lord and mammon at the same time. So we again, we have to do a heart check today. Where's our treasures? Where's our vision? Our focus? And who is our master? If it's not right and we're not following the Lord Jesus, let's call ourselves lost today. Let's say I'm going the wrong way. I'm not where I should be because as soon as we do that, the Lord will help us get back. It's his delight. He wouldn't say this kind of thing if he didn't really want us back with him. He is looking out for us. 
And the Lord wants us to have better treasures, a better vision, and obviously the best master, which is him. This correlates well with Colossians 3 because Paul says, set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth, because you've died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ is your master, according to verse 4, when Christ who is your life, when he appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And no earthly master can say that. No earthly treasure can give you that. Nothing you focus upon on this earth can give you such a promise. Only the Lord Jesus. So where is your focus today? What are your treasures that you're attaining today? And who is your master today? We need to think on that. We need to be honest with that so that we can walk purely and correctly. And when we come to the other side and stand before God, we can have confidence if we laid up the right treasures, if we had the right focus, and if we served the right master. And none of us should attempt to mock God today by saying we're doing both. God cannot be mocked. He knows better, and we, too, should know better. But let there be joy and hope that you can turn around today. That's a gift of grace, that you can turn around today if you're not serving the right things. I pray that you'll think on these things and that the Lord will bless this. Once again, I thank you for listening.